any company out there, if you sell a product or service, or if there's a consumer that needs educated on the thing that you do, and you don't have a podcast, yes, I think it's still viable. I think you can still uh, get a lot of success. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast. I hope you're well, I hope you're pumped, wherever you may be tuning into the show. Now, I'm going to keep this intro really short. This interview itself uh, could almost be seen as two parts. On one side, we talk to George B. Thomas about the six-figure generating phenomenon that is the Hubcast and what makes a good podcast. How? What's the template and it, can you do that yourself? But on the other side, we talk about goals. Like when do you know when to leave a job or a career? Or a business? Uh, when do you, uh, how do you struggle with your compass, your goals compass, and what you're trying to do now? How do you wrestle with some of those themes? How do you wrestle with the question of, am I good enough to do this? Talk about all that sort of stuff. So if you don't like that fluffy stuff, then you can skip right to the Hubcast stuff. But anyway, uh, you can check out the show notes, the links, the resources, all of that, and the video version of the interview at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP90. All right, let's get straight into it and learn a thing or two from George B. Thomas. To say my guest is a HubSpot expert would be a bit of an understatement and frankly, a little limiting. He's a professional digital marketing speaker, HubSpot trainer, video marketing expert, and veteran podcaster. He's been instrumental in some of the biggest brands in the inbound space and me personally, I'm proud to call him a true friend. Welcome back to the show for the second time, Mr. George B. Thomas. Yeah, Moby, it's awesome. You know, I out of all of that, I like the last part the best, and that's just the friend part. Like, See, I it's yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, no so, sorry, man. I was gonna. I wanted to start with that, but people are like, oh, who cares if if Moby <laughs> has a friend called George B. Thomas? So me too, dude. Uh, me too. Yeah, there's. It's, it's here's the thing, like. Um, all of those things are awesome, but I have not really set out t- for all of those things. Like I want everybody, as we kind of go through this interview to realize it was just one step at a time. It was one next thing. It was a little bit of education, a little bit of passion. And, you know, it just, it just worked out. It, things worked out. So, yeah, speaking of things working out last six, seven, eight years, you've had quite the career journey, right? So let, let me try to get this right. From doing your own thing to helping an agency set up to landing the dream job with Marcus Sheridan uh, of you know the sales line fame and now impact um, to becoming part owner of that business to moving into probably one of the you know maybe top two, three biggest best inbound agencies on earth. Um, so George, like for those who don't know, what are you doing now? Yeah, so uh, now I'm actually working for a company that is called Impulse Creative. They are out of Florida, um, and I am an inbound evangelist is the official title. What's fun about is that? that is if you yeah. really – yeah, 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 right? That's what I get. Like, what is that? Well, first of all, if you know uh, any bit of historical information about me, you – you sort of giggle when you hear that title. Um, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit what it is um, here in a minute. But you're right, Moby. It has been an amazing journey. I actually wrote a complete article on the whole, like, hey, from here to wild boy to wild boy, the sales line, sales line to impact, impact, impulse. Um, and I was very vulnerable and authentic to why the decisions and choices were were made. So folks might want to go read that uh, over on Impulse Creative. But inbound evangelist, and if you really break it down, of course, we're not going to get nerdy enough to actually talk about the job description because, I mean, a job description is a job description. But really, if you think about it, inbound and evangelist, let's break those two apart. Even in your intro, you're like, this guy, HubSpot, inbound, like the thing, right? And so the inbound part of this is that it's HubSpot training, it's HubSpot workshops, it's inbound strategy, it's consulting with clients. Like that is the the human helpful inboundy HubSpot 
body guy, George B. Thomas, who has always been and always will be, that's that side of it. The evangelist, not only evangelizing inbound and evangelizing HubSpot, but evangelizing Impulse Creative, the company that I'm part of. And what that means is things like this, being on a podcast or being on stage or doing a workshop or creating content. Um, and so you just... in for me what is a job description now the little known fact is this whole journey started with uh, me being a youth pastor so the fact that now 360 degrees we've got the word evangelist mm. uh, on the end of my title I'm like hey that works for me <laughs> that works that works so I was thinking about this because with interviews and you know this George B right being a podcaster um, there's a balance of having personal stories and also tactical and strategy because we're subject matter experts in a particular area um, yep but, but I, I, I could because we're talking about your journey now I couldn't not talk about the fact that you know and I think because there's lessons in this like the fact that you're obviously a big name in the inbound marketing community this doesn't happen overnight you've been at it for half a decade um, you were yeah. You've I'm, always I'm been a, a medium. Are you a medium? No. Okay. So I reckon, <laughs> I reckon George, you're a big name, but it's so funny. You speak to any one of our friends who aren't in the inbound community. They're like, Oh, you know, who's Marcus Sheridan or it's like, what the hell? Like, how dare you? You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, exactly. honestly, honestly, and, and I'm not here to massage your ego, but you're a, a big fish in our, in our relatively small pond, you know, in the greater scheme of things. Right. But, but you are, and you've been very right. visual in an instrument with every company you've been, whether it's been, uh, and this all kicked off at the sales line to impact. So, and obviously mastering yep. HubSpot and all the yep. things that you do, right? So you, you are, and you were very visual. Now it makes sense to put a public statement or something out of or explanation. So people don't think what happened there, you know, but what's remarkable, yeah. Yeah. you, you, and I mean this in the nicest way, you took it to the extreme. <laughs> you took it to the next level. Yep. Like you didn't just release a video, you really, you're releasing a series called Transitions. Yeah. And I want to, I want to touch on some of the themes in that. So what I, yeah. I, I think it's incredibly authentic. I think it's incredibly real. I think so many of the things you talk about, we've all asked ourselves. Um, one of the themes you explore is letting your goals be your true compass. And yeah. yeah. You, you talk about listening to the voice of discomfort, which is ironic because then you put yourself in another place of discomfort when you listen to your, your goal compass. So, okay. So tell me, how did you wrestle with this idea of your goals and what you were doing? Cause on the surface level, it's like, geez, man, you were killing it. You look happy and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And let me, I, I'm, I'm going to get into that, but let me back up for a second. And cause there was something that was said today in a conversation that I was having with another person. Um, and it was almost like a, a, a light bulb moment for myself. Um, and I'm actually the one that said it. So that was really weird. It got awkward for a second. But um, if you looked at when I was at impact, like from the outside, everybody would say, dude has arrived. Like he's making good money. He's with a great agency. Like watch out. Like the world is going to change. Um, because when the sales line and impact merged, there was just a lot of stuff going on, like a lot of eyeballs there. And what I realized through this process and, and part of why I'm doing these videos that are transitions is because I feel like there was a mental wrestling match with myself um, in these areas of comfort and discomfort and growth and goals. Um, but here's what I come, came up with today, Moby, is that if I was looking for success in my life, when we merged with impact, I could have been done. Mm. But because the way that I'm programmed and the road that I'm on is looking for significance, the journey had to continue. And um, that may make sense to some people. It may, make, may not make sense to others. But let me go ahead and go back to your goals uh, leading your way. And um, you can kind of see on the video, if you're watching video or what I will just explain to you, uh, if you're listening to the audio is I have a goals board. I started this about two years ago. 
Uh, because before that, I heard everybody talk about write your goals down, look at your goals every day. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I got goals. It's this, it's this, you know. Um, but about two years ago, I wrote them down and I've modified them over time. And over the last probably six to nine months, I had a goal board that had now goals, goals for 2020 and goals for 2023. And they're hefty goals. Like, like they're ones that they're like what I'll call my Gary V goals. Like, you know, his goal is to buy the Jets, even though it's really not, but it is. These goals are like ones that I want to achieve, but they feel unachievable because I realize that that's how I push myself to grow to even get close to those levels. So here's the deal. When I was wrestling with being at Impact, I was wrestling with like, look, mentally right now when I look at my goals these are not two or three year goals these become like decade goals and I don't there's nothing negative about impact when I say this there's nothing negative about the employees at impact when I say this if anything it's negative towards myself in the realization that I was becoming comfortable mm. I was becoming comfortable at impact, which made it so that I didn't have that fire in the pit of my belly that I always had. And um, I started to wrestle with things like employee uh, versus ownership mentality and the right soil for growth and nets and ceilings. And these are all transition videos that I'm doing to kind of pull it out of my brain and give it to an audience that might be able to do something with it. But as soon as I realized that mentally for me, these became decade goals because of the way that I was acting, I immediately said, I've got to chop this now and I've got to make a decision to put myself in a place where I'm going to have that fire in the pit of my belly. And that happened to be a place with a smaller team, a mm -hmm. place where um, I feel like the, the owner of the company or owners of the company understood who I was at a very fundamental level and, and were willing to give me that soil um, that would like, I would be able to grow in that discomfortable soil that I would be able to grow into. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a small sliver of what I was going through in my mind. Yeah. I think a, a few real points that stand out for me is the other thing as well. Um, so by the way, like you say, George, if anyone wants to watch the video version, if you're not already watching it, it'll be on redpandas.com.au forward slash EP 89. Um, so you can see uh, George B's awesome red wall that people just can't stop raving about because it's so cool. I'm more of a DC guy myself, just so you know, George, but uh, it's still pretty awesome, man. <laughs> but anyway, Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll still hang out with you. It's all, uh, good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, okay. So a few things, I, one of the things I really like about that is the idea that you have a visual board because I don't know if you find this, George, but you, so many people, you'll ask them, do you have goals? And no one says no. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I just wake up and I just live day to day. You know, if, if yeah. they do, then there's obviously other issues there, but um, serious issues. But uh, very few people actually say they've written them down, which I think is very dangerous. So to anyone listening, you just need to write them down. They're, it's not enough having them in your head where they're fluid. Um, they yep. need to be there. If they change, that's fine. Like, like you've changed yours, George, that's fine. They're supposed to change. But because I think that solidifies it and that is your compass. And that says, you know what? I am now dis in discomfort because I know I'm not on that trajectory to my goals. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You've, you've challenged yourself, right? You know, like you, you've, you've drawn a line in the sand, literally, like by writing them down. And not only that, but you, you look at them like every day I walk out the door and I walk mm. back in, I see them and I can't help but think of the micro actions that I need to take to get to the macro goals that I'm visually seeing every day, multiple yeah. times a day when I'm going in and out of my office. And even if it's like, like you say, literally micro goals, as long as you're moving in that direction, I don't, can't remember who said it, even doesn't matter how slow it is, then it, it, it's still a good thing. So, and I love the line of the sand thing. It's something I say all the time, you know, have a line of the sand, get to that line in that sand in that particular time and say, okay, I've given it 12 months or 18 months or whatever, how am I feeling? Don't just leave it yeah. there. Because then we lose that 
when we, we never have control in life, but when we lose that perception of control, that's when we're really mm. not happy. So I like that. So just real quick, if we can cap that off, George, what advice would you give to someone who is going through that internal wrestle at the moment? Um, whether it's a job or a business that they're running or whatever, has that internal voice that wrestling, they're wrestling with. They're at the edge of the cliff that you talk about. What advice would you give them? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. One, take time to actually wrestle with it. Um, I mean, so many people, they'll, they'll get to the point where they start to feel this discomfortable conversation happening in themselves. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they just push it down and they ignore it. Um, and in this job or in this relationship or in this thing because it's safe right and I'd rather be safe and miserable than happy and like scared out of my mind and so that's the other thing that I'll say as far as like beaten don't be afraid to be afraid um, and don't be afraid to take huge leaps of faith um, because it's it's when we take those leaps of faith that we actually start to see victories, right? When when you get past the fact that, hey, I might fail, who cares? Like, I, I know there's many things I'm going to fail at, but I'm at least going to learn from them and I'm going to move forward. Um, and so take time to wrestle with it. Um, definitely don't be afraid of your own fear. Step out in faith. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you something that has helped along this course is like, I'm being vocal about it. Like, so I could either say uh, all this stuff in my own head mm. and then like <clears throat> still be confused out of my mind or what I did before the process before, like, so I talk, one of the transitions, I talk about the journey to the cliff. I talk about the conversation with myself at the cliff and I talk about the jump that I took, right? And so the journey to the cliff is that I talked to a bunch of people that I respected and I knew and I said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's going on. This is what I see. This is what I hear. This is how I feel. You know, what do you think of these three scenarios? And I would get people's opinion and that would help me kind of journey to the cliff where I then had to have a conversation with myself of like, okay, like you might jump and there might be an abyss of rocks below and you might crash and it might hurt, but the other thing is when you jump, you might actually like start to fly and then you're going to go faster, further. And so what I need you to do, big guy, is just kind of like, let's just leap and see, right? Mm. And so then I took the jump and within days of making that jump and having conversations um, and getting myself into a place where mentally everything started to fall back into place where like previously it felt out of place, which made me get to that point. I just was like... Oh, 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 oh yeah, this is going to be good, you know? And I just started to enjoy the ride at that point. Yeah, you can't internalize these things. I, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so a, a couple of quick questions before I get into tactical and talk about inbound yeah. marketing because I forget this is an inbound marketing podcast. When I talk <laughs> to you, I'd rather just talk all, all day, you know? But anyway, so, um, okay, this one is one of my favorite themes. Definitely in the, maybe talk, you talk about all these themes. This is definitely one of my favorite themes in your series. And that is the question, are you good enough? Yeah. And it's my favorite because for you, it was a different context. We all go through it in our jobs, in our relationships, uh, in our businesses. So, you know, like people see, uh, you know, business owners like, like myself, like yourself. And, you know, they think, oh, these guys, they must be confident. They never question yeah. themselves because they're doing really well. But that's not true. That is not true at all. So for, see if you can work in your own experience with this. Um, what yeah. advice do you give to people who ask themselves that? Am I good enough? Yeah, dude. First of all, uh, this was the one that before I hit the go live button on Facebook, I was like scared crapless uh, because I realized that I was about to be more vulnerable than I probably ever have been before um, around this conversation of, um, Am I good enough? And let me explain why, because a lot of my story, and again, some people might be learning about me for the first time. Some people might actually know who I am. It's amazing if you do. But my journey started out with, you know, at 17, a teacher telling me that I would never amount to anything. So there's been a large amount of my life that I struggled with. Um, will I be anything? Will I be good enough? Can I be good enough? Um, and, and the reason that I've had passion in my belly for so many years was to prove a point of that I could be that good 
And that got me into what we said earlier is the dream job with Marcus Sheridan and like the, the personal brand building. And it was just this, you know, month over month escalating thing of like more listeners on the Hubcast and more community in Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and more friendships and more podcasts. And, and so it's just been like this thing. And you know, anything that goes up, eventually it's gotta, it's gotta come down at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just how economics and like life kind of works. There's usually these ebbs and flows and, and so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, am I really good enough? Like if I step out of the shadow of the sales lion, of Marcus Sheridan, of impact, if I decide to try and fly by myself or with another set of partners, the people, the awesome folks at Impulse Creative, am I good enough? If I do this, I know I want to create these videos called transitions, which are going to be super vulnerable, super inside my brain, just super like out there compared to, hey, here's the seven tactics you do to build your list. Like that stuff's easy, right? Mm. Uh, here's 17 things to do to make your CTA better. Like I can do that all day. But like, here's my heart. Here's my mind. Here's my spirit. By the way, play with it. Talk about it on social. Do with it what you will in your own life. Yo, bro, that's some hefty stuff. Um, and so I was like, am I good enough? Now, what's been amazing, the, the point where I was the most vulnerable has been the most victorious. And I would say that's what I would tell people is that be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Marcus Sheridan actually taught me this lesson like several years back when I was going to do my first keynote. He's like, look, that's where you'll have the magic moment. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Like, that's not happening. Um, and and I, I submitted and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it once. And it was a magic moment. But um, Moby, I've had people private message me after I do these transition videos and talk about how timely it is and talk about how now they're going to take a, a jump they're going to take a leap of faith how you know they they've wondered why they haven't felt right and it's because that the soil is wrong or they see nets and ceilings and um you know now it's time to start my business and this and, and i'm like oh my gosh like oh my gosh mm. and and then there's like this whole peaceful part of like hey guess what um as of right now it's good enough yeah, yeah. So if you are asking yourself that, uh, one of the lit litmus tests or triggers is if you're feeling vulnerable, that's good. From what I'm taking, from what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So if you're yeah. saying, am I good enough? Whether it's a it's it's a like a like a mini thing or it's a or it's a thematic thing in your job or your business or whatever it is, the fact that um, you're feeling a little bit vulnerable is a good thing. Um, yes. And yes. and it, look, if anyone can take any comfort in it, um it's often the, the person with that struggle is the one who sees it the worst. Like if anyone who knows you, even just a little bit, George B would be like, are you, are you crazy? Like, are you, are you dumb for thinking you're not good enough? Of course you are. And then like, I've, I've had that with myself with other things that I've done where everyone yeah. but yourself can see that you, you can do it. Now, of course, that's not to say people don't have naysayers and doubters, but I guess the point is that we are hard on ourselves. Everyone goes through it. And if you are yeah, feeling we, that since, yeah. Yeah, we are our worst critics, right? And that's a good thing some days, and that's a super bad thing other days. Um, <coughs> but I would totally agree with you that um, if, if you want the like pro tips out of this, it's get super comfortable with being uncomfortable, get super comfortable with being vulnerable, and get super comfortable with, with being useful in those times that you're uncomfortable mm. and vulnerable. Like, that's the trifecta right there. Love it. That's very succinct. Good advice there, George. So um, you said something earlier that might've triggered other people's ears. It definitely triggered mine. You talk about <laughs> owner versus employee mentality. Yeah. What is, what is that, man? What are you, what are you talking about there? So, um, so in life we have two mentalities that we can have, right? And, and I'm going to take it completely out of business for a second and then I'm going to just wad it up and throw it right back into business. And what I mean is like, you might, you might have a time in your life where you rented 
rented an apartment or you rented a house and you could be one of two people really you could be the type of renter that when you move out the place is like disastrous like there's shelves falling down and there's dirty carpet and there's whatever or you could be the type of renter that you left and it's better than when you actually came like you replaced the floor and you stained the banner and you like did these things to it and the owner sees that and goes oh my gosh my parents from a very young age they instilled this concept of ownership mentality no matter what treat it like it's yours um mm -hmm. and i've taken that into business so like when i was helping wild boy the reason it was so easy for me to say yes i'd love to help run this agency is because i already had ownership mentality when marcus shared said hey you have some skill sets i think i'd like to bring you on board it was easy for me to say yes and grow in that scenario because i had ownership mentality i was going to treat it like it was mine i was going to post like it was mine create like it was mine talk walk smell like it was mine and then all of a sudden it did become part mine and if people go back and they look at things there's posts on the internet where I became a percentage partner at the sales line and that was like oh my gosh this is amazing I worked really hard I learned a lot I grew my brand and this is kind of like a moment in time mm -hmm. and it was shortly after that moment in time that we decided that we would merge with impact and I got bought out and when we merged from the sales line to impact I also went into a brand new scenario again Nothing wrong with the agency. The scenario that they had there has to be, supposed to be, but it was scrum and pods and agile. And so I went from being a person in a four-person team with ownership to a person in a pod, was able to see three levels up, and immediately was like, oh my gosh, I feel like an employee. Mm -hmm. And I started to have employee tendencies instead of owner tendencies that had always served me so well. And remember earlier in the interview, I said something about I could feel myself getting comfortable. Let's just call it what it is. I could feel myself getting lazy and not that employees are lazy, right? I don't want any, like, I don't need hate mail, but <laughs> for me, there's a difference of the amount of time, effort, and passion that an owner and the edge that they're willing to thread as an owner than somebody who is an employee and says, hey, I'm here at 859 because I'm a minute early and I'm leaving at 502 because I'm two minutes you know, later than the time that I'm supposed to be here. And on the weekends, they don't care. And at night, they don't care. Right. And I'm not saying all employees are like that. And if you're listening and you're an employee and you're like, I don't think that way, that's because you have ownership mentality tendencies love it and you can either embrace those and run with them mm. or not but for me it was like wow this this is this is not what i'm used to right so it's not just about um oh i want to be an owner um it's about having that mentality because a couple of things are going to happen so even even when you were talking about the sales line it's not like you did it hey it's a nice byproduct but it's not like you explicitly worked hard and did what you did Oh, so I can get uh, ownership because if you do that's then zero clue. yeah because if you do that then maybe you're going to be disappointed but you had that ownership mentality where you were able to own be accountable the flat structure obviously suited you Marcus Marcus's leadership style obviously suited you so yeah um, and, and, and I like how you've sort of said look you can be an employee and still have that ownership mentality because a few things are gonna happen yeah. either one you're gonna kick ass kick butt and move fast and then move up in all these other jobs because pe people want to see that you're owning things or someone's yes. going to offer you equity or you're going to be able to walk away one day and take that ownership mentality into your own business. So thanks for clarifying. Well, I, I love not, that. not only that, not only that Moby, but, or you're going to be able to walk away and pick whatever job you want to go work at. Mm. Like, like, do you realize how easy the com Well, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was pretty easy the conversation between Remington and myself, like because how you and the community visualize who I am and because of the work ethic and because of the way that I, I am on social and because of just who I built myself to be, the conversation of like, hey, I really want to be part of your team. Way easier conversation than what somebody who just came out of college as an intern, that there was no like, 
historical understanding of would be. Yeah. And, and so yeah. you, you can, if you, if you do this, if, and I want this to be understandable too, what it is is working really hard, treating it like you're, it's yours with zero expectations. Gary V talks about this, like, hey, the reason he doesn't get frustrated, he has zero expectations. I had zero expectations that anything like that would ever happen. I just knew that I was going to work hard and treat it like it was my company, no matter what. Mm. And then the byproduct of that happened. And the byproduct of being able to pick where I want to go work happened. And the byproduct of just like people call it lucky, but those success moments come because of that mentality and because of that work ethic. Like it's... It just is. Yeah, we we've got to be cognizant of that for ourselves, but also, uh, I I think the and not to not to slag. Now that we're getting older, we can say the youth. We're still young, dude. You know, but, but like not to slag them at all, right? But um, yeah. we need to yeah. be cognizant for for them. It's a lot harder not to have. Oh, I've just I've done this and I've done that, and I see all these successes on social media. Give me my due. No, it's not like that, dude, or or do that. You know, you've you you've got to have that ownership mentality, not have those expectations yeah. and work hard. All right, so I, I want to shift it to um, uh, something that you definitely would have missed, right? So one of the things that I know would have played with you is um, one of the things you're known for is the hubcast. That is, yeah. that is what I don't know. That is like sort of that 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 uh, that, that explosion. It's, like, it's your baby. It's the thing that just kind of really it really did propel you to the front of the industry. Yeah. It really did. That that yeah. really truly was a catalyst. So. Speaking of transitions, I know that would have been hard to walk away from. We're talking 172 episodes, uh, yeah. switching back to 2014. I mean, and look, and yeah. we've spoken about this before. In Australia, we're a few years behind. So in 2014, like people didn't even know what a podcast was back then. So <laughs> true, true early adopter. Um, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Um, oh, I have a few questions on the podcast. The first one is, what do you think made that show so successful? Oh man. Um, so there's a couple of things. Uh, one, it was a very, um, small audience niche niche, however you want to say it. Um, it was specific for HubSpot users. Um, two Marcus Sheridan and myself together, uh, you know, and it's not my words, it's other people's words. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like, uh, you know, Vegemite and uh, toast. I don't know, whatever, whatever you want to throw <laughs> out there. Right. Um, That'll make sense uh, for the Aussies. Yeah, I, love yeah. Some, I love me some, yeah, I love me some Vegemite by the way. I'm just going to bring you something this year in, in Adam Bell. Oh, I'm going to bring you a jar. Yeah. Dude, dude, dude. I, I, if you do, I'll totally tell you this story of the first time that ate Vegemite and, and what was going down with that. But anyway, um, I digress. So, so it was niche audience. It was uh, a magic, you know, host and co-host scenario. But then also it was that it was a repeatable process. It was scalable. It, I, I made it, built it luckily in a way at the beginning where I could just rinse and repeat every week, add, you know, add water to these sections, mix in, boom, here's a show. Mm. Um, and, and that I loved it enough that like I was going to make the show notes be amazing show notes and people were going to talk about the show notes. People were going to want to see the show notes. And, and then last but not least, and probably the most important dash of seasoning would be that it was always valuable. Like we were always educating. We were very rarely salesy. As a matter of fact, it was like episode 56 before we ever even brought on a sponsor. Um, but because we weren't so salesy, because we were always valuable, because it was repeatable and scalable, and I think we only missed three total shows in like four years, um, one year we made over six figures of income just off of that podcast on services and products that we would sell. And, and not a lot of that was sponsorship because the community, they trusted us. They knew us. They loved us. Like we're the goat. I say it like it's historical, but it's not like just because I'm not doing the hubcast anymore. Like I still get people contacting me, um, about these things. Uh, I'm still doing stuff in the space, but, but it just was this like, magical mix of those things and you know i'll be honest with you that for me was one of the hardest decisions um through this whole process was i, I think probably an entire day an entire 24-hour period was me contemplating on how do i let this go and not lose my mind Mm -hmm. um, because what you have to realize is like, I knew on this certain day I was recording on this certain day I was 
editing. On this certain day, I was publishing. It also forced me to learn these things every day, updates. It made me pay attention to what people wanted in the software. Like it had built relationships between HubSpot and employees, HubSpot users and myself. It was, it's like this conduit. And I'm like, but, but here's the thing. Again, if you're going to grow into something bigger, you can't keep doing the same thing you've always done. Right. And so if I want to do better, bigger, I've got to set that to the side and I've got to envision what the new journey looks like. And I'm super excited. We're at the beginning of a new journey with the Wayfinding Growth Podcast. Um, we've already got some interviews lined up. We've got a different structure than most podcasts have out there. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's that leap, right? Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's see what I, I love that. I, it's, it's, that's, it, there's so many things there. Like for me, so I had this little, I had this period and last week, my last episode, I, I spoke about this where I let growth get the better of me and I got complacent. I was very real and vulnerable in that show. And I said, I said, look, it's easy for me to say I got busy because I, I had, I had a two month hiatus almost. Um, but really yeah. if I'm honest, it was complacency because we make time for stuff. I remember I was in mm. Bali one time with my wife and, um, and I mentioned this on the podcast last week. And I wasn't going to miss it. I was not going to miss it. And she went to bed and the only place I had good acoustics was this bathtub outside <laughs> with spiders, like honestly with bushes behind me and I folded my legs and you know, like I'm not, a, uh, like a big dude, but I'm not a tiny dude either in this small bathtub far <laughs> out. I just wouldn't miss a beat. And yeah, you're right. When you yeah. create, I think there's another point there that I don't want to miss for people listening is when you're a creator of content, whether it's video podcasting, whatever, it's going to force you routinely. Because you guys had a formula and I also like what you said there, which is another lesson for people looking to make a really good podcast. You had a formula. So you had tweet of the week and HubSpot yep. feature of the week and all these really cool things. And you would tweak them. You'd try some things and you'd pull them away. But you'd, it would be like this. Like it would be a slight tweak, but it would maintain. So ha yep. having said that, do you think the changes in the, pod, in the Hubcast towards the end with uh, Marcus dropping out for a little while and then um, sorry, I forget your, your ex-colleague, lovely lady, very talented Karina. lady. Karina, that's Karina. the one. Changing that, do you think that uh, helped? And we're being objective here. Do you think it helped or hurt the podcast? Because now you would have to establish another format again. And this is only for the purposes of people realizing once you have a format, don't try to break it too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um so let's talk about the Hubcast and then let's talk about me for a hot second with this. The Hubcast, I think, was fine. Um, I think we, we transitioned without skipping a beat. We brought Karina on. Karina's awesome. She's amazing. She's um, by every right as big a HubSpot nerd as I am, loves being in the tool, has been a doer at uh, Impact for years and now was moving into the educational side of this um, and was, you know, we were like prepping her to be a HubSpot trainer, um, which is what I was at, at Impact as well. And so, um, you know, because of her, we added in a new section property of the week. Like I was like, hey, how can I like get her to dive in deep? I'm going to add this. And um, it, it, it was nice to actually have a female on the show, mm. but it wasn't Marcus, right? Mm. Um, and it wasn't coming to you live from a hotel in who knows where the heck he is, right? And so um, when, when you know that something is chocolate and peanut butter or peanut butter and jelly or Vegemite and toast, and all of a sudden it's not, the community might do fine. They're ready for a different meal, but it's maybe different. the host yeah. isn't. Yeah. It's, and, and yeah. So, it's not wrong. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just different. And I'll tell you, that was – that was a part of kind of what was going through my mind too, is like, wow, this is a, you know, it's funny because when I finally made this, um, when I finally made this jump to impulse creative, there were people who hit me up online and said, wow, it's like, it's an end of an era, right? Because Marcus is on team A and George is on team B and it's not really like that. We're still buddies and mates and friends and we talk on the phone and, it's just we're both doing work at different places. But to me, when we switched from it not being Marcus and George on the Hubcast, I had already realized, wow, it's an end of an era. Mm. 
Yeah, there's the signs there, right? So you can't ignore mm-hmm. those things. Yep. I, I like that. Thank you. Um, do you think there's still opportunity in podcasting? Obviously, oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's here's the thing. What's If there's anything that frustrates me, uh, I'm, I'm in a catch-22, right? Um, I love video. Like, I'll preach video till the end of the days because video is amazing. Um, however, the, the, the thing that's happening that frustrates me is that people are going to video because it has, you know, reached this level of everybody talking about it. Um, but there's so many people going to video and haven't done audio. Like, audio education, let's just not even call it podcasting. Audio education is magical. Like, Moby, I have had people talk about taking Marcus and I on a, a walk up a mountain. Um, I've had people contact us and talk about how um, their kids started crying because they were listening to another episode of the Hubcast on the ride home from school. I've had people actually contact us and talk about how um, we were in the shower with them. Whoa, that got awkward. <laughs> but they were like listening like in these places and, and to have somebody in your ear for 20, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, like they would have to read a bazillion blog articles. Like, like here's the thing. Um, um, Adam from the mm. kingdom interviewed me a couple weeks ago and he's like, dude, I've listened since episode one. Do you know anybody who has listened from episode one, how much they know about myself and Marcus Sheridan? Like, they know a lot. It's insane. You know what I mean? It's, it's just so it's intimate. Just Such an intimate channel. Yes. 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 Yeah. So yes, any company out there, if you sell a product or service, or if there's a consumer that needs educated on the thing that you do, and you don't have a podcast, yes, I think it's still viable. I think you can still uh, get a lot of success. And if I didn't think that, I wouldn't immediately within weeks jump into producing, creating, launching a new show. Yeah. Like okay. obviously I understand the value of it. So obviously you're taking a lot of those lessons into this new show. What oh, yeah. have, what have you learned about? So I want to ask you what you've learned about doing the show, but specifically what you, what have you learned about audiences? Cause the only way to write good headlines is to write articles and headlines. The only way to yep. do good videos to do video and do some shitty ones and do some good ones. Yeah, so what, yeah. what, what have you learned about, that when it comes to podcasting um, from, from your experience, what actually makes good content that resonates with people. Um, and yeah. Hey, if it doesn't matter whether it's, it's the factor is it's good content or it's entertaining and not good content. Tell, tell me what you've learned from the, that point of view. Yeah. So edutainment, right? So you want to educate them, but you want to entertain them. So for instance, on our new podcast, Wayfinding Growth, a um, couple things that I did different than the Hubcast and a couple things I did the same. For instance, one of the things that I did different because I learned immediately from the Hubcast was I started a list that people could uh, sign up for the newsletter, could connect with us immediately. Because I think it was like episode 23 or 26 where on the Hubcast, I finally was like, oh, well, we should give the community a place to hang out at. And so, you know, communities like to have a place to hang out. And so we're giving them um, awesome show notes. We're giving them a, a super dope monthly newsletter that's going to go even deeper than what we go on episodes. Um, but then there's also some things that I did the same um, with this, uh, new one. And that is, I made it in sections. Uh, so it's easily scalable. So we've got like, um, you know, just, well, you'll have to listen. Yeah. We've got different sections that we go through. One's the Bermuda triangle. I'll give you that. Right. Awesome. Um, awesome. and then, and then one's, one's captain killing it. Now, the only reason I'm telling you about the Bermuda Triangle and Captain Killing It is because I want to prove another point that has to be in, and I would say, no matter if you're writing, if it's audio or if it's video, is that it's entertaining. Like, if you know that there's a section called Captain Killing It, there's, you're like, wait, what's that going to be about? Or yeah. if you're talking about business growth and there's a section called the Bermuda Triangle, and we talk about all the things that could go wrong with this tactic or strategy that you're about to try for your business. that just got interesting. I love that. I like that. 
yeah, uh, turn into something a bit more emotional as opposed to something so dry because we're humans. I'm going to have yep. a section called yep. DC versus Marble or uh, ah. I was going to make an, another NFL reference because I do it once every time I speak to you, but I'm not going to because we didn't do as good as you guys last year. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, I'm also, I'm going to link that in the show notes. I'm also going to link the last episode we did together because it might've been a year and a half ago, but there is so many yeah. video marketing gems. So I'm not going to go into depth on video now because I think you did such a good job there. Very timeless reminders there about being vulnerable and how to get started on video and, and, and all that. One really quick yeah. thing I want to ask if you don't mind, and then I'll, I've got a, two more questions for you after this is, yeah. I, I want to get your personal opinion on this. I am yep. so over. I'm so a couple of years ago at inbound, they said it's the year of authentic video and this was 2016. <laughs> but personally, I'm so I'm George, I'm done, man. I cannot stand those videos. And on the video, if you can see this, you can see I'm holding my cell phone or, or iPhone and it's like, hi, you know, my name is Moby and it's a great day and I'm just walking on this boat and I was thinking about what makes people successful. My view is unless you're Ellen or Will Smith, don't do that. Like no one wants to see that shaky sort of stuff. Now, a lot of people are starting with that still. I can't yeah. stand it. And a lot of my friends, you know, the guys from the Hub Shots as well, we always make jokes about it and we, we, we tag each other into videos we see, but we don't, we don't make fun of anyone. We just tag each other in. Yep. What say you, George? What do you, what do you think about that now in the era of video in 2018? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a time and place for everything. Um, if I'm in my backyard and I'm having a beer and I want to show you like my barbecue grill and it's zero to do with business, maybe, right? Maybe. Yeah, and you do but that on Facebook. I will tell you that if you don't me, do it on I LinkedIn. Probably, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, exactly. Now, if we're talking about something that we're creating for business, it's got to be a little bit more polished. Like, look, even a video series that I'm doing that is completely personal, completely things out of my mind called transitions, like I'm using where it's set up, there's a border around it, it's mm. got my tag in it. Um, and I could totally say, oh, well, this is going to be one of my more authentic videos. So I'm just going to hold my phone up and talk about this stuff. No, no, no. I want people to actually watch. Um, so it does have to be a little bit produced, but I will say this, um, don't let the production get in the way of the passion that you're trying to pour out to an audience. So if it's in the moment and all of a sudden, like you have an epiphany, sure, maybe, or maybe you just capture it and you start to talk about it later. I don't know. I think there's a happy mix, but I definitely don't think that's where you start. And I definitely don't think that's the baseline strategy that you would use to be successful at all. Mm. Awesome. See, I tried to answer that without crushing somebody's dreams of like being, <laughs> you know, like, but all yeah. I have is my camera. Yeah, no, I get it. I completely get it. You're, you're right. You're right. And, and you've done a great job about uh, on this in your presentations at Inbound um, as well, where you sort of say like the entry points are quite low. Sure. I mean, yep. everyone's got a phone. You already have one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Invest in a tripod. If you don't need lighting, don't worry about it. You can do it in the sun. If you have a, you know, 60 yep. bucks, buy something on eBay. So yeah, I think you're right. It is horses for courses. It's just something I'm sort of seeing is kind of finding its sunset in terms of content and people actually resonating with. So w one of the things that um, I have to ask, and, and I might have to ask for an introduction here with, with your, with your new mate Remington Beg at impulse, the CEO of impulse there. Um, maybe we talk to him about this because you guys there yeah. and particularly him have been killing it in the conversational marketing space. And I know there's a lot of people, because when I first heard this, I felt the same, like, yes. oh my God, another marketing, you know, <laughs> AI marketing, VR, marketing, another marketing. So what is this new marketing thing that we all have to learn about, George? And is it worth it? So one of the things I will definitely do, Moby, is I'll, I'll give you the icing on the cake. I want to introduce you to Remington because he's killing it. And the reason that he's killing us because he's done, I think we're at like 47 videos like in a row, other than weekends, of uh, conversational marketing tutorials, how to do things. So, um, and right so now, can he's I, doing can I just it say, George, called, yeah. I, I, know yeah. it's I, know, I know conversational marketing is important, but when I knew there was something there, when I saw Remington do tutorial after tutorial, I'm like, man, like he didn't do one video. <laughs> there is a series. So yeah, yeah, sorry, please continue. Yeah. But I mean, there, there's a lot of depth here. There is a ton of stuff. And, and here's the thing. The reason we keep making videos, and when I say we, Impulse Creative, really Remington, 
um, is because we see the data on the other side of it, meaning we see what our uh, chatbots are doing. We see what focusing hmm. in on AI and creating awesome playbooks uh, is doing, and we see the conversion rates that are happening. And so it's not like there's this new shiny toy and let's talk about it. It's like, holy crap, here's something that's working. Let's educate the world on it. That's the mindset that we're coming out with this. And, and what's very interesting is right now, it's a lot about um, conversational marketing, chatbots, AI, drift. Um, but pretty soon, real soon, HubSpot is bringing out conversations and chatbots mm. and AI. And so, you know, there's going to be this like happy mix of uh, George B. Thomas HubSpot conversations, HubSpot conversational marketing. And there's going to be, you know, Remington with Drift and all these things that are happening there. But at the end of the day, what everybody needs to realize is it's about user experience. It's about being able to educate your consumer faster. It's about them finding what they need because they want to find it fast. And there's a lot of tips, tricks, and tutorials at impulsecreative.com forward slash learn forward slash conversational dash marketing. I'm sure that'll be in the show notes. I'm sure that we'll get Remington on the show. But dude, it's not like it's the next big thing. It's just the big thing that's working. Yeah. So for, for anyone who's missed that definition, how would you define conversational marketing in, in an elevator pitch? Is it live chat? Is it, yeah, what is it? Just to dumb it real down. So conversational marketing to me is enabling technology to give your users a better experience so that you're not dropping conversations through the floor. Mm -hmm. Like it makes your website scalable. Like everybody back in a couple of years ago, oh, let's have chat on our website. But they sucked at it because they couldn't keep up with it. Now let's put chat on the website and let's be smart about it because the technology got smart enough to do what we wanted it to do back then, but it wasn't. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Nice one, George B. I've, I've, I've probably taken too much of your time already. So thank you so much for being so generous. Um, anything, anything you want to say, any sort of last parting messages you want to give the audience before we, we seal it? You know, parting messages, as always, is just be human, be happy, helpful, go out there, do what you are supposed to do. That's educate people on the products and services that you um, have and just be a good human while you're doing it. That's it. Just go do those things. And if you see me at an event, make sure we do high fives and hugs. That's it, dude. That's it. Yeah. So uh, if you get punched for this, it's not my fault. But if you see George, do what I do and just jump and give him a big hug you know he's, he's got a big heart george you're very inspiring and motivating to watch i think that's obvious so please keep doing what you're doing and um yeah we'll see you again man without a doubt thanks moby awesome thank you george thanks for listening to inbound buzz learn anything return the favor by spreading the word want to make your mark in digital need help with your digital strategy inbound and marketing automation efforts then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another inbound buzz hit